friends. Welcome to the Creative Impact Podcast. I'm your host, Rachel Caldwell, and I'm so happy you're here. Each episode, I take some time to chat with fellow artists about life, faith, and the impact of the arts. This is so fun getting to chat with you, Blake. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Yes. I'm glad to have you here. And I just want to introduce you a little bit for our listeners. So what's fun is we met through a couple named Michael and Brianna Cash, and they're incredible. They're awesome. Shout out to them. And so I actually got to know you through your podcast, getting to be a guest on the Unsung podcast, which I think that episode is still to come. So for those that are listening, I will share it when the time comes. It's the anticipation that draws them in, right? Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Got to leave that that little bit of anticipation going on. So (laughs) I love it. But yeah, that was such a fun recording. I'm excited for whenever people will get to listen. But Blake Quimby is with me this evening. And Blake grew up in the Richmond-Rosenberg, Texas area, and has served in local church ministry leadership for over 20 years. And we're going to talk more about that this evening and some different roles that you had. And then he also is married to Crystal, and they have two children, Madison and Reese. And they, I can vouch for the fact that they are super cute kids because I've gotten <laughs> to hang out with them in kids ministry, which is so fun. So yeah, I love your your family, what I've gotten to know of them. And I also... People won't know this yet because they haven't heard your podcast yet, but yeah. this is a little bit of like throwing it back to you, something that you did for me. And so yeah. wanted to share a little bit that I learned about you from some people that know you. Oh, great. And will help give our listeners a little bit more of a well-rounded picture of Blake Quimby. So they said that Blake is a great dad and that all kids love Blake. And then also that he can play just about every instrument and puts in the time and effort to always make it excellent. I remember someone saying that they literally could like put you anywhere in the band and you would be fine. Like you Mm. would just roll with it, which is awesome. So Mm. cool. And I've also heard that you are a great mentor and many successful musicians around town credit you for pushing them to work harder when they were younger. So I think that's such a, a good picture of who you are, Blake, and we're so happy to have you on the show. Well, what an honor to be on this podcast. I mean, this is my first time, so I'm pretty I'm pretty excited about our our time together. This is going to be exciting. I yeah. Think Before we started recording, we were kind of talking about how you're on the other side of the mic this time. Yes. So it's a little bit of a different experience. Yeah. How would you describe like the difference between host versus guest? Well, I, I don't have to do as much like, you know, on the on the flip side, like you don't have to worry about, oh, no, the overlays or, you know, I got to, you know, put your sound on or bring up something or a video. This is it's exciting. It's like it's like uh, skydiving without a parachute, which is so much fun. Right. It's <laughs> yeah. the, just the spontaneity of it all. Exactly. The adrenaline. <laughs> and there's so much adrenaline pumping. It's I'm sweating. So no, I was, <laughs> you know, I was I was it's funny thing because, you know, Easter was such, I mean, we, you know, just celebrated Easter not too long ago. And I was like, we were in the middle of service and I went like, speaking of sweating and I was like, you know, let's lift our hands. And I remember I was playing guitar and I lifted my hands and then I got down and I went, maybe I shouldn't have lifted my hands. (laughs) 
so <sighs> much sway. It was so hot. Anyways, yeah, exciting so times. Yes. Exciting times for sure. Well, I would love to let you have a chance if you want to share anything else about yourself, maybe a fun fact that people mm. wouldn't have gained from my intro of you. No, you're spot on. I think I know who you talked to, but I'm just, uh, you know, it has been, how do I say it? It's been a great um, journey in my life. I'm about to hit 42 years old and I feel like I'm, I don't really love turning older. I don't know about you. Where are you yeah. at with, with the whole age thing? I just turned 33 on Saturday. So oh, yeah, that's right. That's right. Happy birthday. Thank you. So yeah. I feel that to an extent, you know, it's kind of like, I mean, I'm still, I would say young thirties, which to me feels young, but I can, I can see the the clock ticking. If that makes sense. Like, you know, time is yeah. passing and before I know it, it's going to be 40, 50, you know? Well, yeah. Yeah. I didn't like, I did not like my, I was talking to my wife. I said, you know, I just don't like, I don't like it. Like, you know, every 10 year, every decade is like, oh no, I'm hitting this age. And you never thought you could ever hit this age and you hit it and mm-hmm. you're like, Oh my goodness. And then you start thinking, what have you accomplished in this, you know, short time of life that you've been on this earth? And, right. you know, I don't know. The last couple of years, I think I've just really enjoyed reconnecting and, and thinking of all the relationships that I've been able to, to have over the last, you know, 20 plus years in, in the Houston area and, yeah. and around, uh, around the States. And it's, it's been really interesting to see some of the guys that even me and other people have been able to invest in, they're doing some, some great things. And I think that's what really is important about life is just investing in others, Mm -hmm. community, relationships, friendships, going through. Sometimes I think that sometimes you can't really like get to the nitty gritty of life unless you just get into like a, maybe a disagreement or like a really good argument. And then out of that, you either really love that person or you're just like, I don't, I just want to talk to you like twice a year. You know what I mean? It's one of those things. So yeah, it's really neat to see what the Lord has done through relationships, even mentors that I've had uh, many that I've had throughout my life. So um, mm. I really, it's really cool to sit back at, you know, almost 42 and be like, man, this is really great. Friendships, friendships are are so important, you know, yeah. uh, before you know it, you've, you know, like we, we have a common friend. I mean, I've, we've been friends for 25 years. And you're like, how does that even work? Right? <laughs> That's incredible. Yes. You know, so I love that. Um, I love, I love my wife. She seems so great. I just got to meet her in oh, person. Man, when yeah, was that? she's a, yeah, yeah. She loved meeting you. She, um, you know, I don't know for all the single people, you know, all the single ladies. I don't know, but like, <laughs> you know, ladies. single guys. Yeah, yeah, that's a great right. I could throw, you know, get Queen Bee in here, but you know, like, um, I literally wrote down a list of what I desired in a wife. And I want to tell you, the Lord answered every little bit. I know that sounds so like Christian cliche, but it's so true. It's so true. In my experience, it's true. And what I prayed for, the Lord delivered. And then some, like I can't even, she inspires me so much in every aspect. Like she's patient. I'm not very patient. (laughs) I would love to be more patient. And then just your, you know, kids. It's just, I'm so enamored with my children. They Mm. are, you know, they're my world. I know one day I'm going to have to let them go and just like, go out and do some crazy stuff and have fun. Mm-hmm. Like right now they're like outside riding the bikes and they're just, you know, having adventure with their buddies. And it's like, have fun. I, I, I just, uh, I love my, my family. I love my friends. So um, at my age right now, that's what's the most important is taking time for that. Mm-hmm. So 
yeah. yeah, that's pretty much me at this point in my life. <laughs> that's awesome. So, so good. And I, yeah, I agree. I mean, the relationships I think are what make life so rich, you know, and um, I agree. I also did have kind of a list, you know, yeah. growing up and it's so cool seeing how God will just fulfill those things. I mean, you don't want to marry a weirdo. Let's just be real straight exactly. up. It's like, Oh my goodness. Like we, I don't want, Oh, then you date and you're like, Oh, I don't know. This is not going to work. And then you break up, you feel bad about breaking up. But then like 10 years mm -hmm. later, like, I'm so glad I didn't marry that person. So, right. um, and the thing is, is that I didn't even get married till I was 27. So I felt like I was really a lot older and, and I, I wanted to get married like at 19. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I, was yeah. I was not ready. But so God is faithful in all things. He is faithful and he cares for us at every intersection and in every season of our life. Yeah. But I'd love to just dive into a little bit of your journey as a musician specifically, and then also kind of in in ministry. So maybe do you want to just take us back to how you first got into music? Yeah. So if you can imagine little two-year-old Blake at a church growing up, and I was just really enamored with the drums. And so my dad made me these, like, I was taking pencils and pens and beating on the back uh, of a pew. Uh, and back mm -hmm. then, churches had pews. Yes. Kind of miss those these days. But, uh, yeah. you know, uh, so I was beating on the on the pews, and, and I think I just I started wearing, like, little indentions into the pews because Oops. I was hitting so hard during worship, <laughs> and I was just going... So my dad made me these special like like drumsticks just for me because my dad's always been one of those guys and my mom, but my dad really was like, man, just follow your dream, man. And so like uh -huh. uh, even at two, he did that. So he made me these sticks that were like like black PVC pipe on a dowel pen, and I'm just bang and no one can hear me. So I'm like super, you know, quiet in the middle of servant worship. Nice. And then I started playing drums at my church when I was eight years old. I remember wow. like very vividly. I was, I knew that that was what I needed to start doing. And so the drummer at the time was like, Hey, come up for a week. I think I was there for like a week or two weeks just sitting in a cold chair. I remember it being like this metal chair next to him <laughs> and thinking, okay, I'm going to watch him play. And then like, maybe in a couple months I'll learn how to play. Well, that was like my indoctrination into playing music. And, and so like, I remember one Sunday, the worship guy was like, Hey, you don't have a drummer and you know, he's not able to make, can you step in and i'm like oh oh no I don't, I don't know i don't know so i play my first time and i remember before i we click off for the first song i see the drummer in the back of the church like he just shows up and i'm thinking what are you doing <laughs> and we start into a song and i'm like you know come back buddy you know and we start the song and halfway through the song, he just leaves and I never see him again. Like for 25, like 20 some years. Oh, that's He's crazy. The craziest thing. So I played at my church until I was like 20 years old and just played drums, started leading worship around like, you know, 15, 16 in, in youth group and, mm -hmm. and started doing that really felt a strong uh, sense to do that. And I mean, this is, you know, learning how to play acoustic, learning how to, to sing and, so I did that. And then when I was like, probably, I think I graduated high school and my pastor, we didn't have a youth minister at the time. So he was like, well, come and, and be our youth pastor or whatever. And I was like 19, 20. And I was yeah. like, man, I don't know how to do this. Uh -huh. I started doing that and we were growing. And then I got a, a really great opportunity. And looking back, this is definitely God's timing with it all. But I got a great opportunity to intern at a church in Sugarland, a big church, and I was kind of scared. Yeah. But I did it anyways. I ended up just taking it and going, and I was there for about three or four years. And then 
you know, been serving in local church and traveled a lot of Texas, mm. uh, a lot of the U.S. playing camps and conferences. And I did that full time until about, well, I did it for about 10 or 11 years. Okay. That's all that I did. Wow. And awesome. it was a thrill. It was a fun journey of faith for sure. Because I mean, if there are any musicians watching, I mean, if that's all you do, I mean, it's, it's hard to make a living. And right. so I remember I, I always tell young musicians this and worship leaders. And I say, listen, every single month I would literally take a count. Cal- you remember those calendars, Rachel? Like, you know, the, like the calendars you would have in your purse, like, oh, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, right. You were right now. So I had a big calendar. And I would write down dates that I desired to be like traveling or something. And no joke for like 10 or 11 years, I was always like the Lord always fulfilled every, every, you know, date I needed for that month to pay bills or just to, to survive. So cool. And it was, you know, uh, it was a great adventure. And then after that, after I met my wife, we got married. I kind of stopped traveling after about mm-hmm. a year or so after we got married and it was nice to be home. You know, you, you, um, Mm-hmm. I remember one summer I was gone for like 12 or 14 weeks straight. Wow. And I remember missing a lot of family stuff and it was fun. It was an adventure. It was a journey, but it's so nice to be home. Yeah. <laughs> I like it a lot better. I'm sure she's grateful too. <laughs> oh yeah. No, she was, she's always been cool with it. And yeah. uh, so um, that's it. And then, you know, after I stopped there, you know, I started serving in local churches and, and did that the whole time, but came on staff and did, Everything from music to recording to kids ministry to whatever we need, youth ministry, Mm -hmm. whatever we needed to be done. Yeah. And uh, now, you know, 20 something years later, I'm, this is kind of funny. I'm back where it all kind of began. I'm I'm back at the church I grew up in. Oh, cool. Yeah. And so we're, we just, uh, we volunteer uh, week to week and we just, uh, we lead the music there when we have some really, really gifted and sweet and really great team of, of musicians that help us as well. So it's, it's a, uh, and they're all volunteers. They, they, they want to help. That's their gifting. And so they want to help out with that. And mm-hmm. so we've been there, it's about a year and a half now. And, uh, you know, it's just, um, it's been, a a fun year and a half there. We've enjoyed it. So that's what we do. I also work. I mean, I don't just play a volunteer on Sunday. <laughs> I got to pay the bills, right? So yep. uh, also communications director at the Bible Seminary in Katy, Texas. Yes. And I've been there, I think it's, man, I think it's four or four and a half years. So it's it's been really neat. Mm, so cool. uh, if you're ever in the Katy area and you want to come by, see a museum, we have a museum, we have a lot of different things. Cool. So raising the next generation of church leaders and uh, you don't have to be a pastor. So yes, it's uh, kind of fun to still be in that role and meet a lot of different people from a lot of different areas in life and seasons and mm-hmm. just be a, play a small part in helping them grow in their uh, love for God and their love for his word. Ah, that's so neat. And I feel like I had a few different questions pop in my brain as you were talking. Yeah. Go for it. Yeah. <laughs> the most recent one is about the Bible seminary. So communications director. Mm-hmm. Do you mind breaking down what you do in that role? Yeah. So I just tell the story of the Bible seminary and video, audio, um, you cool. know, uh, website, anything social or digital or print wise. I just do all that. I lead the uh, kind of over the distance education technical piece. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's a lot to the enchilada. Yeah. Yeah. So I do that and just communicate the story of the Bible seminary to really the world. 
to our community mm-hmm. and potential students and donors and supporters. Nice. You know, it's a fun position because I never thought I would do something like this. Mm. Like this was 20 years ago. This was, I mean, there were guys that did this, but I was like, there's no way I'm doing that. So fun. Yeah. Is, is so, that yeah. part of what led you into doing your own podcast? Getting to kind of work in that space? Well, I, I learned a lot. Yeah. So we do a podcast for the Bible Seminary. You can find that anywhere you listen to uh, your podcast. But, and we have a lot of different ranges of stuff, but I learned a lot through that. Mm-hmm. And to be honest with you, the reason why I really wanted to, I, you know, I'm a, I love to, to, to go, go, go. I've learned that in the last couple of years is like, I love to just, do, not just doing stuff, but I love to do stuff with people. But, mm-hmm. you know, the Unsung podcast really was created out of like a, a need to have an outlet that yeah. was fun, wasn't taxing on mentally or physically. I get to talk to friends and new friends yeah. and really hear people's story. Mm-hmm. You know, so I've learned that I I think that's just part of who I am. I love hearing mm-hmm. people's story, whether, you know, as grandiose as some are, and then some are just, you know, different. And, and uh, I love that. I love, I love how different we are. Yeah. And I love to hear people's stories. And, and I love it when, when I get to hear the, the impact that the Lord has made on people's lives. Mm-hmm. I think that's a, such a huge thing. So I just came up with it out of a sheer like desire to do an outlet that was just like, it's, it is what it is. Like, right. I, I mean, we have a couple of sounds we play, but we're just going <laughs> to chat. Like it's, you know, we might show a video here, but it's nothing slick. And we're just going to, we're going to just have fun with it and interview people mm-hmm. because over the last few years, just, you know, how do I say this? Like just in my mental health, mm-hmm. I just kind of really decompress from a lot of years working in a church where you're working second and that's nothing wrong with that. You're working behind the curtain. There's nothing wrong with that. Mm. Some people live their whole life and that's what they do. And that's great. I've done that my whole life. I'm going to continue to do that. But sometimes you just, maybe you're, you you don't get heard or maybe you don't feel seen Mm. or maybe you're like, Hey, I could, I could really help with this area. But I think it's just being able to tell the story of some, some people who, who don't get a chance to do it. That's so, you know, and so it neat. so yeah. happened. Yeah, it's it's so happened that it's you know a lot of the guys I've been interviewing are, are musicians, and these guys play with many of the different people around the mm. the area, and it's like these guys are talented at what they do, right? And no people are going to go through. Can you imagine Rachel going through life and never knowing? You know, maybe you've been, maybe you go watch a show, or you've been at a church and you've seen this drummer for a long time. And you're like. Man, he's here all the time. He's so faithful, but like, what's his story? Yeah. Or, you know, that person that's serving in kids ministry or that teacher down the, down the street, that's your neighbor or the garbage man, like, you know, mm-hmm. whoever it is, like, what is their story? How did they get to do what they do? Because what they do is important mm-hmm. in, in our lives. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Everyone's story is important. Right. And if we get a chance to tell it, I think that's important because we're, you know, we're going to die. Yeah, that's (laughs) true. You know, it's true. And I guess it's not necessarily a sad thing because eternity, but it is nice to be able to document those stories and document our journey for future generations. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so, um, you know, there's been musicians throughout the span of time. I mean, I could sit with so many guys and they're like, 
yeah, this guy was great, but we never heard his story. We never, he was just really, he just was a great musician mm-hmm. or whatever it is. So that's what we're hoping to do and just have fun with it and interview people that, that really need their story to be told. I think a lot of people do. So yeah. hopefully we can reach many people and really encourage them, mm-hmm. you know? Yes. Kind of like what you do. You're such a great encourager. Oh, thank you. Thank you. That's definitely, I think I've realized, I think that's one of my spiritual gifts. I'm like, oh, this is how I've been designed. But I love that too. And that totally resonates with me. Just the idea of helping tell people's stories or allowing people to share their stories. That's pretty much the goal of this podcast as well, which is really fun. So definitely like-minded in that. And first off, congratulations on having this new podcast launch. And it seems like it's yeah. it's been an awesome launch so far. Yeah. What number are you on now, episode-wise? Right now we're on six. We're about to push out seven. Nice. And I don't know. I just started like asking people to, to hey, can I just talk with you? And then I had like you know, many people. And so I was like, I think I had too big of a first season. <laughs> I, was like, you know, like, I think I, I just, I pushed myself too hard. So uh, yeah, we have about 11 episodes and we probably will do a special kind of a, you know, ending season finale sometimes in the in summer, already working on season two. So you'll be in season two. Uh, and we're, we're uh, talking with a lot of different people around the nation. So awesome. Yeah, it's exciting. It's a new, uh, it's a fun time, I think. Yeah, for sure. That's so great. I feel like with podcasting, it kind of goes in waves, at least for me, you know, I might have a bunch of interviews and lots of people replying and then kind of trickles down. And partly that's my own doing because I'll kind of like, you know, like you said, you get a bit, a little bit overwhelmed, like, okay, I think that's enough sure. for now. And then you oh, kind of yeah. pause um, and just release them for a while and then kind of create another wave. So, but it's fun. It's a fun journey. And yeah, I'm curious for you, what has this process been like starting a podcast? Any unexpected challenges or unexpected great things that have come from it? Yeah. Um, or been part of the process, I guess. Yeah. I mean, you know, tech stuff is always, you know, you'll never know. I mean, it could, you, you could open up your app and then you got to update something or, right. you know, some, some piece of technology isn't working. I mean, there's been a couple small little, little things, but again, I said, there's no glitch or glamor. We're just gonna, if we, if we're talking with someone and they kind of sound like a robot for a couple of seconds, it's okay. Yeah. It's not gonna, I mean, it's funny how our media is like presented now. It's like, no one cares. Like mm-hmm. just put a, put a phone in front of you and talk. You know? Exactly. Like, so, exactly. So um, some of those small little things that have been worked out. I really think that, some episodes we've had that we haven't released yet, but just majority of them all have, have been encouraging because we always ask, you know, we, we, we kind of speak into the the guests, but we also have them kind of speak into the, to the listeners. Mm-hmm. And so give them just in a bit of encouragement. And I think it's going both ways. And, you know, we had a couple of tears uh, just in this last episode, which was really Nah, it just happened. Yeah. And so I think it's important. It's important, you know, it's important to, to know where you stand with people right. and know the impact and how precious you are to people. And, you know, we might see you from time to time, be like, hey, how's it going? How's life? Oh, it's great. But then you get a chance to sit down after you get, get a coffee, have dinner, and you're just like, man, I really love that person. That person encourages me. So mm-hmm. I think it's been, um, it's been a, you know, we just kind of keep it light and, yeah. uh, I like that. About and whatever it happens, sure. happens. Right. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> yes. so yeah, it's been good. That's awesome. So do you have in mind any like future goals for the podcast or you're just kind of rolling with it, seeing what happens? Yeah. 
No, I think, you know, every part of my life I've always had like, oh, my, but my dad always had goals and priorities. That was the big speech we had growing up. Gotcha. And um, so my life, I'm definitely big on goals. I love to reach goals. With this, I think it's it's just, again, an outlet. It's mm-hmm. something that I can do spare times when people book a, book a time, we can do it. And so, you know, hey, I mean, if it can encourage someone, like just anybody, if it can encourage anybody and also encourage the guest, mm-hmm. I think that we've accomplished the goal set out. Maybe we haven't set that goal. Maybe just like, oh, this is what we want to <laughs> do. And it happens. And so, uh, yeah, I think we're reaching the goal. I think yeah. so far it's been encouraging and that's all that that I think was the design for it all. So mm-hmm. if anything else happens with that, it's just a bonus, right? I mean, right. yeah, it's been a, it's been an encouraging time. So yeah, for sure. That's awesome. Kind of backtracking a little bit, but I yeah. really appreciate just your dedication to the local church and being able to kind of see things from a lot of different roles and perspectives. I'm curious, how has that maybe shaped your perspective of the church, both like locally and the global church? It's kind of a big question. So (laughs) wherever you want to take that. Yeah, I could take it many different ways. I I think, yeah, the church is needed. Mm -hmm. So I guess I'll I'll begin with what we don't need in the church. We don't need we don't need performance. Mm, yeah. We've all been a part of that. I've played with guys and we're big lights, everything. And there's nothing wrong with that. But we have a generation growing up that has a lot of, a lot of just a lot of delusion. Mm. And I think you can see it even if you, even if you weren't say a Christian, I think you can see the delusion that's being set forth for this next generation. Mm-hmm. So I think the church needs to just be honest. Yeah. And, you know, I think the church has a long record of, you know, if they stand up for something in history, things start changing. Mm-hmm. And so whatever that looks like in our world, I think that we can we can do some good and stand up for, for what the word of God is saying and stand for those things. Because, you know, uh, my pastor was talking just a couple of weeks ago and he was like, you know, the world's always like looking at Christians or believers and saying, you're hateful, you're this, you're that. It's like, no, 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 that's not, that's not, we don't hate you. <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, just, you're living a different, you're, you're choosing that way. We're choosing to follow the Lord. Yeah. And choosing to follow the Lord would get you a lot of enemies mm-hmm. and people that disagree just because you, you follow the Lord. And so, so I think that when you, the church needs to be honest, let's just, let's just be real. You know, we don't have to try hard. Mm-hmm. You know, I remember sitting through COVID and looking at a, churches online and man, there's so many that just tried so hard to captivate an audience. Yeah. And I just think, that, you know, like, I just think that in my belief, church can just be, it's simple. Mm-hmm. Like it, it doesn't have to be a, a so like um, strong or do this. Or, no, let's just, let's preach the word of God. Let's love people. Let's, let's, you know, even if they believe different, even if they live a different lifestyle, let's love them and let's, let's continue to pull them towards Christ by our example. And mm-hmm. so those are the things I think the church can grow on. I think the church is doing a lot of great stuff. I think there's a lot of missions that's happening mm-hmm. around the world. I think missions is very important. Mm-hmm. Just going. And it can be, when I say missions, I don't mean like, you know, always the Africa or like Europe. I mean, those are great. Those are big things. We just had a missionary at our church that was, uh, she was somewhere, someplace in the Middle East. And hearing her story was just, it was so beautiful of just the small changes that are happening in people's hearts. Mm, yeah. And uh, so I love that. I think we're doing some of that right. I think caring for people in our staff, like if we're pastors, mm-hmm. caring for the staff because- Yeah, that's huge. 
It is huge. And you know, to be honest with you, Rachel, I didn't really realize that until a couple of years ago, many, many, about four or five years ago Mm -hmm. that, you know, just decompressing, you know, like even grieving, you know, I I remember, Mm -hmm. I think a lot of pastors deal with this and ministry workers and leaders and support staff, Mm -hmm. you know, like things like burying somebody in their church. Yeah. That person could have been a friend. Right. You know, you did life with these people and you having to bury them and put on a service, which is totally fine. But you know, I think ministers, pastors, support staff, all just grieve. Let it out. Let mm-hmm. it out. Let that stuff out. I think it would be really great if the church opened the opportunity for, you know, some Christian-based counselors to come in and just just listen to these people that work day to day, just really in the ditches digging. And I think every pastor is doing that. I think every pastor needs an outlet, you know. Yeah. So letting it letting all that stuff out is very important. I wish I would have learned that. 20 years ago yeah. <laughs> instead of holding things and letting things just kind of fester. Right. I, I think just talking with someone is a very important and it doesn't have to be your pastor. It can be, you know, someone you trust that can really push you to the Lord and show you what the word of God says. Mm-hmm. So I think that the church is doing still, there's a lot of good things, right? I mean, yeah. there's still a lot of, a lot of good messages being taught. You can always see a lot of, a lot of bad, right? You can always see the negative and, I'm trying to learn to see some more positive mm. uh, with the church. Yeah. So I really think that the Lord has placed the body of Christ on this earth to be a great example and be a solution for so many issues. And so, you know, just like that, we need checks and balances. It's nice to be, I, I'm at a church where there's there's a lot of checks and balances and I can't, I tell you, I love it. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's nice to have, yes, the, some the structure and like people, people checking up. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. It's the coolest thing. So it's really nice to have that. I really appreciate that. Yeah. There's, there's a lot of stuff, but again, I think the church is ultimately at the end of the day, it's, there's still a lot of good going on. A lot of people hearing the message of Jesus. Mm-hmm. And I think that we have to get to the point because I've always heard people say, when, when someone to Christ, when someone to Christ, and I, I understand it, you know, but I really think the work of the Holy Spirit is so important mm-hmm. in our daily life. Yeah. It can happen anyway, like any, anyway, like my daughter, for instance, like, you know, we have some, some neighbors here who, who don't really believe in the Lord. And, and so like they brought a Bible over to these kids and they're like, Hey, we want to give you this Bible. Yeah. And the kid came back. He's like, my mom said I couldn't have the Bible. And my, my son was devastated. Like he cried, yeah. dad, why can't I? share the Bible with this person. So my daughter was like, you know what? I'm just going to start telling him parables. And I don't have to say Jesus, but I'm, I'm going to cool. yeah. speak parables and teach him parables. And I'm telling you, man, if, if like an eight-year-old, 10-year-old kid can do that, yeah, you know, we can do that too. So I think the church is prime for, I don't know if it's a, what's that R word? I always think, forget this word, uh, revival. Revival, right? there we go. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So I think it's prime for personal revivals mm-hmm. and that does a global impact. Yes. yes. I think. Yeah. So good stuff happening. For sure. I would agree. And I love the idea of, you know, loving people and I love the verse that's about like God's kindness is what leads us to repentance, you know, and how we can show that kindness and that love to people. That's just totally 
countercultural, really, or like unexpected, oh, yeah. you know? So countercultural. I mean, that's yeah. what it is. It's counterculture. Exactly. Where the, the world is saying this and then you're doing this and they're like, no, but you hate. No, I don't hate you. Right. <laughs> I'm just following the Lord. So, yeah. Yeah. And if your listeners are listening, like, this guy's like talking about a lot of stuff. Hey, this is my life. I'm just telling you. Yeah. I speak. I just, I remember talking to a buddy. He's like, man, you're all over the place. I was like, yeah, sometimes I just do. It's, okay. <laughs> no, it's, great. it's for fun, you know? <laughs> I love it. Going all over. It's so good. Yeah. And partly that's me because I'm like, and I'm curious about this and this yeah, and this. Yeah, come on. Yeah, that's great. No, <laughs> so you're good. good. I talk fast. Thank you for I sharing. I eat fast and I talk fast. Oh, yeah. That's two things about me. Nice. Thanks for sharing your, your thoughts on that. And, you know, we could totally go a whole, you know, couple hours probably oh, sure. just talking about that. But <laughs> yes. So remind me at the end, I would love to ask you about your favorite restaurants because I know you said you love oh, food. Yeah. So mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> we'll come back to that. But yes. yes, we talked some about just your love for your family. And there mm-hmm. was something that you wrote that I loved so much. You said, seeing them succeed is a daily goal of mine, whatever that looks like. Mm-hmm. And I just thought that was really beautifully worded. And I would love to hear you elaborate on that, that thought. Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't know. I just, um, wow, that's, I forgot I even said that. It's really great. Uh, <laughs> man, that's a real good one. Yes. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I think I'm learning how to do this parent thing. Yeah. I'm learning how to do this husband thing. And it's a, I mean, my family doesn't make it hard for me. The Lord has given them a gentle spirit. And I always attest that to my wife because she's just so, so peaceful. Yeah. And uh, she's so balanced. And so, yeah, I don't know. I think it's just my, my, my love for my, my kiddos. I want them to succeed. Mm-hmm. And I think if you're a parent and you truly love your kids, you want them to succeed in everything that they do. Mm-hmm. Not, And it, it doesn't mean they have to be the best, like to be the number one recruit, but they're succeeding. They're doing like my kids are doing karate, mm-hmm. you know, and they're, they're advancing in their belts and they're learning discipline. They're learning patience. They're lear- learning to be respectful. Yeah. Those things are like the world can't take that away from you. Right. Right. If you mm-hmm. learn to be that way, they can't say, oh, you can't be respectful. No, no, no. You know, so I love to see them succeed in those things. I love seeing them like, you know, just in little things like school, right? We homeschool our kiddos and yeah. we just got our report card today. Like my kid, Maddie made straight A's and and it's like, man, it's awesome. But we've been encouraging her for a long time in that. And yeah. just, you know, we, we said school is your job right now and, you know, you got to work hard. And so I remember asking my daughter, like, so, or someone asked her, I think my, my wife did say, what, what would one word to describe your father? And she went, he's my motivator. Aww, and I love I that. I just love that. Yeah, yeah. I didn't, like, I'm thinking, man, I, I didn't know that was, that was part of our thing, but I guess it is now. And so, yeah, even if it's anything, I, I try my hardest to help them to um, not just succeed, but just to learn. It could be anything, you know, it, it fulfills me to see them happy and successful in life. Mm-hmm. And I think every parent could probably say that. And then with my wife, she's so, um, there's just not a lot of words. I, there's a lot of words I could use. Yeah. But uh, even with like being a mom, I mean, seeing her do that, being a, being a daughter, her dad had this triple bypass about mm-hmm. almost two years ago and seeing her step up and lead and do that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. But it took a lot of encouragement. It took, hey, you can, you know, seeing her have a voice. I love that my wife has a voice and, mm-hmm. you know, doesn't get rolled over. Like those things are big to me. Yeah. You know, I want her to have a voice and my children to have a voice, know how to stand. And so mm-hmm. if we can do that as parents, I think that's really important. And then just, you know, I was sitting there the other day thinking one day my girl's going to get married and I'm just going to have to let her go. Yeah. <laughs> like, 
I'm going to have to be okay with that. Yeah, Yeah, tickets just, you know, done. But uh, even in that, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to hooray her. I'm going to, I'm going to just be her biggest supporter. Yeah. And even in challenges, I think you can see your kids rise. You know, you Mm -hmm. have to challenge your kids. And so, yeah, it's a great fulfillment to see that Mm -hmm. in my family. Yeah. So cool. And as you're, you're talking about it, I'm just picturing, I feel like that's, a lot of like God's father heart for us, you know, mm. I feel like we could rewind and listen to it again and be like, that's kind of like what God is wanting for us. And sometimes it is through challenges, yeah. but that he is working those things to grow us and yeah, show his love. Yeah. I mean, I was thinking this week, even like yesterday, uh, I was just thinking like, you know, he's, I'm on his team. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm going to get challenged. Yeah. There's things that happen in life that I really have to uh, there's opportunities to respond mm-hmm. and I've got to learn to respond the right way, but we're like, all working you know, on that. <laughs> yeah, we're all working on that. My goodness gracious. But like, you know, like we're on the same team. Yeah. He loves me. I love him and I'm his child. And, and so I don't always get it right though. So I hope listeners, like I'm definitely not the perfect dad. I yell and I scream, you know, there's, mm-hmm. <laughs> there's discipline, but in those low points, I, I mean, I'll be honest with you. I've had to apologize to my kids Yeah, in my reaction, like yeah. come back and say, Hey, listen, I'm dad, you know, dad reacted the wrong way. And I, I just want to tell you, I apologize because just cause they're kids doesn't mean they get it wrong all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's really difficult to apologize to like a six-year-old or a five-year-old yeah. or an eight-year-old. And you're like, I missed it. But you know, there's, they even learn how to, they actually give you more grace than, than you do sometimes, mm, you know, that's beautiful. Like you don't give your... Your, your, your kids do that for you. You're like, man, I wish I could give myself that much grace. Yeah. I don't give myself a lot of grace. Mm-hmm. And I think it's really powerful when, when they get to watch you model that asking forgiveness and apologizing <laughs> and they see, okay, you know, they're not perfect either. And they kind of see how, how that works and hopefully helps them as they start to have those experiences too. And yeah, I think that's awesome. Yeah. They were, they're responding a lot better than I am. That's awesome. <laughs> So good. Yeah. Well, kind of speaking of challenges, has there been something that's been challenging for you as an artist specifically? Because majority of our audience is somehow related probably to the arts and just like being creative in some way or another, which honestly is all of us. Sure. So there's always challenges when you're trying to create yep. because you have it in your mind of, hey, this is what I want it to either sound like or look like. And sometimes you get to that goal. And sometimes you kind of just like, oh, I'm stuck in the middle or mm. I don't know where to begin. I think creativity is, it's such a a beautiful thing. And it is from the Lord. I mean, you go back to the, the beginning, he is that. Mm-hmm. And so when he instills in all of us, like this is not just for the people who call themselves artists and get paid money to do it. Right. We're, we all create stuff every day. We probably just don't think about it. Exactly. But yeah, I think the challenge, like just for me in particular, you know, okay, I'll just start from like writing a song. Mm-hmm. That was the hardest thing for me when I was like 20 something. You know, I, I had this really great mentor in my life for a season of my life, and he encouraged me to write, write, write. His name is Casey, and he, he encouraged me to write, write, write. And I was like, man, but I can just sing everybody else's songs. It doesn't matter. Yeah. But if it wasn't for him and like Jonathan and Michael, all these other guys that encouraged me to write songs, mm-hmm just get it out. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, I think, I think getting the creativity out is really a hard thing to do. Yes. Like, 
you're not going to write a, you know, you're not going to have a great dance every, like whatever routine. I don't know how dancers do it, but like, yeah. you know, it's not going to be perfect right out of the box, mm-hmm. but just like get it out, you know? So I started writing songs and that was so challenging because all I could do is be like, Oh God, you're great. Like, you know, just like <laughs> things that rhyme with great, you know? Um, and now it's been, I think my first one, uh, we released it like in 06. Mm-hmm. So now I have a few out and, and now we're working, we're actually working on another like EP. Oh, cool. Actually, next couple of weeks. And yeah. so looking at like where I came from writing to where I am now, I would have never been able to, and I'm not saying I'm, I'm good at it, but I, I would have never been able to be comfortable creating mm-hmm. if I just didn't just get it out. Right. You know, yeah. doesn't matter what it is, just get it out. And then you can fix it when you get it out. You can, mm-hmm. you know, reformulate it. You can do different things for it. So I think that's a challenge that every artist faced and especially with songwriting. It's it's because you want to write a song that's a hit song because you want to stay at home and make money, right? That's what right. you want to do. You yeah. want to be a writer. Uh-huh. You know, I mean I mean get like you know, at this point in my life, I'm getting like 10 bucks a month, which I'm totally great with. It's, yeah. it's funny, right? Uh-huh. People want to buy one song, so they do. <laughs> but uh, I love that though. yeah, I mean, I think the challenge just in that is, is you want to write something that's substantial. You want to make a hit. Mm-hmm. And then there's a point in your life where you're just like, I feel so, I just feel like I've got to get this out. And no matter, no matter what it is. I've got to say these words Mm. because if I don't say these words, if I don't create, if I don't do these things, I'm going to miss a window. I'm going to miss an opportunity just to get it off my my chest. And that's another thing. Creating has its challenges, but it also has its rewards. It's like, man, you know, I bet you when you dance, like there's this, like this freedom, there's like this excitement that you have, like you get to to dance and do your thing. Like with me, I, I, I don't care if one person is listening or none. I'm just singing. And Mm -hmm. so that's been a challenge, writing something that I truly love. That's a good one. And I've had, I'm trying to think, I think I I tallied it up a couple months ago. I was talking with Cash and I was like, man, I've written like 30 songs in my life. I was like, man. That's pretty cool. I was like, I need to, I'm 42. I need to write at least 12 more. Right, so like, exactly. Like, one per you know? year, you know. <laughs> yeah, one per year. So um, yeah, writing something that you love is very rare. Yes. You know, like creating something that you truly love because you're never going to be satisfied. So those are the challenges, I think. Mm-hmm. Getting it out, being okay with what you've done, and then just keep on creating, keep on writing, keep on doing whatever you're doing. Yes. Cause you never know if people like it. I remember writing a song and they're like, so I was like, Oh, this is okay. Like, <laughs> like thanks a lot. Lab- yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like I lab- I wrote this. This is like 10 hours, man. Like, right. you know, I mean, there's always a challenge, mm-hmm. always a challenge. Well, people like we it. want it to be liked, but yeah, like you said, at some point it's part of the process as well. And, and sometimes it is just that expression, you know, sure. It, whether it, of worship or, yeah. you know, just kind of like giving it, even when it's not the hit or right. you know, the best dance in the, in the show or whatever. <laughs> exactly. Like it's not the highlighted thing, but it's, it's a thing and it's creative. Mm-hmm. And I'm not, I'm not saying go out and write the worst song in America. No, like just, just create, like get your feelings right. out and then get with someone who cares about you to help you write and get it all connected. But yeah, it's difficult. Yeah. And, and when I started, I was just trying to write to God. So that was my, I always share this with people. I'm like, you know what, when I was leading worship, 
when I was a kid at 12 years old, I would have a bat in my hand acting like I'm playing guitar. And I would look at the wall and I would be like, come on, lift up your hands. You're going to sing to God. I'm like, well, the wall's not even singing to God. Like it's not lifting its hands. So it kind of prepared me for worship leading at a church when people are just kind of like looking at you, you know, like looking at you like a blank wall. (laughs) No, you're going to sing. I'm just going to stand and watch you. And uh, yeah, those are some challenges. Just get it out. Just get it out. Yeah. Well, this is a great segue because I love to ask everyone that comes on the show if there's something that you'd like to share with other artists right now. And I feel like that in and of itself was great encouragement for people. But is there anything else that's on your heart that you want to share? You know, again, get it out. Don't go for the big hits. Just write from your heart. Be honest. I think that, Mm -hmm. that if we can just be honest and sometimes you'll find a hit with just being honest. And yeah, think about, I was talking with one guy and he said, what was his word? He said to me, and it really, I'm still trying to wrap my mind around it. He said, yeah, I write songs pointed at the direction of like what I want to be, like what I'm not. Mm. Right. So I'm writing about things that I'm not. And I was like, wow. Okay. I have a lot of work to do, (laughs) you know, like, (laughs) you know, so, um, yeah, be honest, get it out. Yeah. And if people don't like it, I'll tell you this. If people don't like it, that's okay cuz there's a lot of things that they will like about you. <laughs> you know? Mm, that's good. Good reminder. And, you yes. know, and I and, and one time I had a guy, we were about to walk on stage and he said, I don't know what we were talking about, but he turns and he goes, "Guys, he looks at the whole band, he's like, there's always someone better than you." And then we walk on stage and we're like, "Oh, we're terrible." Like, you know. But just keeping in that that mindset yeah. That when you get it out, when you're honest, when you're doing that, you realize that you're not the best thing since sliced bread, uh-huh. right? You're just doing it. Yeah. And what are your, like, what do you, why are you doing it? Mm-hmm. You know, I have my reasons, but like, what are your reasons for creating? I mean, that's a simple question. And sometimes it's very difficult. Are you, cre- what are you, why, are, if you're writing a song, then what are you truly writing for, or writing to, or, or what's your community like? Because, that will also shape mm. all of that thought, you know, Yeah. because if you're writing from the aspect of, you know, I'm going to be the next Bob Dylan and write tons of songs mm-hmm. uh, and have a lot of hits or, or, you know, you two or something. I don't know. I'm just saying things that they're these big stars. Right. You're probably going to fail. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, if you don't have the right community around you. So, yeah. uh, yeah, get it out, be honest and don't take yourself so serious. Love it. Love it. Yes. <laughs> Thank you for that. So as we wrap up today, I'm going to ask two follow-up questions. What is one of your favorite things right now? And then we'll throw in the maybe a couple of your favorite restaurants. Man, this is so great. When you say favorite things, are you, what do you ask? Like, are you thinking like just favorite things that I'm like into right yes, now? Yes, it could be literally wow. anything. So This is another great question from Rachel Caldwell. Well, thank you. Thanks. <laughs> it's a fun one too because you get this a big is, range. Oh, man, yeah. Because see, the, the bad thing about me, I know this sounds really just strange probably for my personality, but... I don't have favorite baseball teams or like sports teams. I don't care. Like yeah. that doesn't bother me. You know, uh, the only thing I care about is like, I love like, okay, you know what? I'll just be straight up with, I've been watching news radio a lot. Okay, cool. Back in the nineties, early nineties, like 93, 92, like Joe Rogan was on it. And like, all, you know, Andy Dick, all these guys, Phil Hartman. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've just been like enthralled back into that show. Uh, I don't know why I brought that up, but like I, I literally just finished the episode. I'm like, oh man, this is like, I forgot how much I love this thing. Yeah. Um, favorite things. This is so, oh, here it is. I'll just tell you straight up. And if Jimmy's watching, he'll be excited. Yes. But uh, lawn care. Oh, yeah. You know, that's a great, 
that's exactly what I'm into right now. Love I it. know like if there's a guy listening today and he's like 20 years old, I'm going to be like, listen, at 40 something, you're going to start caring what your yard looks like. Yes. Now I've been following Randy Lemon, rest in peace, but I'm following his schedule. I'm trying to follow it to the T. I've got some, some weeds. I'm, I've just like rooted some weeds and put some compost mm-hmm. down. So it, it's, it's green. Looks nice. There's some holes I'm filling out. So I always tell Jimmy, I'm like, listen, bro, give me a year to get my soil right. Cause it's all about the soil from what I've been reading. Yes. Nice. And so yeah, cutting the grass, nice, get a good cut, weed eat, pull those weeds out. Mm-hmm. I'm telling you guys, the fellas listening, when you hit, when you get a little older, that's all you're going to care about. <laughs> it's nice grass. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. And I feel like it's one of those things like for me, maybe it's organizing, but it's that sense of accomplishment. Yeah. Especially when you are in kind of a creative field, it's nice to have something that's very kind of like you see the progression and you see it finished in that same day. Yeah. You know, like cutting the grass. You're like, yes, I can see the, the end product right here. You can. So, I love the instant awesome. gratification. It's great. Exactly. Exactly. So good. Yes. And then favorite restaurant or two? Yeah. Or three? I mean, I'll eat anywhere. But I love Tex-Mex. I mean, and and, and yeah. our version of Tex-Mex is very salty and all that kind of. So I understand the real like Mexican, Mexican, and then like the, the Tex-Mex. So, yeah. I mean, anything from like, you know, Lopez to Papacitos, Lupe. Nice. There's some places I just, people think is good and I don't think is very good. But those three are, are pretty, they're staples in Houston. Yes. Those are solid. Yeah. And also, you know, shout out to Emily Perez is like, yes. you know, like this, this TJ Barrera, I went there this weekend and we've, we've known about it. We just never went. We went and we were like, this is just phenomenal. It's in Stafford. Okay, cool. Uh, don't go every day. Cause if you do, you'll be like 5,000 pounds, but it's totally <laughs> worth the churros are solid, but the tacos were like the pork tacos were just phenomenal. Mm. My wife loves 60 vines. there in the rice village area. Oh yeah. They have some great Brussels sprouts. Uh, their pork chops phenomenal. Nice. You know, and then of course, like, you know, like a steak 48, they have a great steak. Like, you know, uh-huh. and, I mean, it's, it's a solid steak. I mean, Houston has a lot of great, great places. Yeah, we're in a good spot for yeah. like milk and cookies food. or whatever it's called. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's great. I mean, come on, you know, Common yeah. Bond, all that <laughs> stuff. It's always so good. So you got to get out of like Richmond and Sugarland. You got to go into you know Houston yes. and and kind of discover a little bit. But yeah, all our Houston listeners got to yeah. And even if you're not, when you visit here, got to check some of these places out. Yeah, so. I literally just saw someone from like met someone from Kentucky, and they're like, "What should we go to this Papacitos thing?" I'm like, "Yes, you yeah. should go. Just exactly, go. go experience it for sure. Go do it." So. <laughs> Yeah, I'm sure there's many that I've, I'm missing out on, but um, yeah, those, are, those great. are just my short list, I guess. Love it. Well, this has been so, so fun, Blake. And thank you for taking the time. Before I let you go, I'd love to let you share the best place for people to connect with you and also the Unsung Podcast. So what's the best way to do that? Yep. You can look us up on uh, Instagram or the Facebook and uh, look up Unsung Podcast. There's a lot of unsung podcasts and I understand that now, but at the point I was like, I don't care. I'm just going to do it. (laughs) So um, we have a black logo with like a yellow microphone and it says Unsung Lifting the Limelight. Yes. So you can find us. And you're on YouTube, which I don't know that other ones are necessarily. Okay, great. So we're on YouTube. Yeah. And then we're, you know, wherever you listen to audio podcasts, we're on there as well. So just unsung podcasts and 
you can find us and come along for the journey. It's going to be fun. Yeah, for sure. Well, thank you so much, Blake. And just love getting to hear more of your story tonight and excited for people to get to connect with you and hear your show as well. So thank you so, so much. Yeah. Hey, it was an honor and you're doing great things, Rachel. Thanks for having me. Find all the links, full show notes, and additional resources on our website, creativeimpactpodcast.com. If you're interested in supporting the show, some great ways to do that are to share it with a friend, to rate and review wherever you're listening, and then also if you're interested in giving financially, you can check out our Patreon community where you get bonus content each month and have a special part in helping make this podcast possible. You can access our Patreon community on the link at our website or by going to creativeimpactpodcast.com slash P-A-T-R-E-O-N. Thank you all so much for listening to the Creative Impact Podcast. The music for the show was produced by Michael Cash. Until next time, remember that you were designed to create. You were made to inspire. Continue living with purpose and making an impact. I'll see you next time, friends. Thank you.